0: On that note, welcome to the Priority One Podcast. I'm Caleb. <laughs> I'm Hoyt. Say your correct name. You're not going to get me this time.
1: I want you to say my name.
0: That's Trevor. Name, that is Trevor. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: Lindley.
0: Shut up. I'm in a cafe. Shut up, Andrew.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm Andrew. So, I'm an old man. I'm Lawrence. Hi, old man. I'm Andrew. No, you're not. You're fired. Um. Hey, Fired, I'm Hoyt. So I'm an old man, and there are three members of the band that I... Uh, it's really... Andrew's the center of it all. But I mix up Andrew and Trevor and Andrew and Britt quite frequently. I've never called Trevor Britt or Britt Trevor. You called me Hoyt today. I did yeah. call you Hoyt today. That's the first time I've, like, messed with Hoyt. But...
1: You just need to get guys that don't have, like... All of the same characteristics of all of us being well,
0: the, the tan
1: situa- with short brown hair.
3: Oh, right. The truth of the situation is
0: we're of just all versions of each other. <laughs> this is true. <clears throat> um but yeah, I, I'm I'm I am the old man. This is also a very rough school week for me, but it is what it is. Felt that. um it's been
3: a rough school semester for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh lie. you know, we only have what four more actual weeks of the semester? Something like that. Good grief. Is that right?
2: Four or five. I've only had one test in mechanics and machinery so far.
0: Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, how many are you supposed to have? Three. That's going to be rough. What was the There's plus no minus final.
1: on how many minutes it would take for Caleb and Andrew to start talking about engineering stuff? <laughs> Honestly.
0: <laughs> um, if you took the under, congratulations. It wouldn't hey, no matter. Caleb,
2: carburetors.
0: We had a whole conversation about carburetors and fuel injectors at I'm supper tonight. Bored and again. that's exactly what happened.
1: Honestly, I think two minutes might actually be in the over, to be honest. Really? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. No. Well, I, you know. Yeah,
1: look,
2: it's, it's John Michael. Michael.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're watching
3: North Carolina and Duke behind us, and there's a guy playing from North Carolina that looks like our friend John Michael, and we have just been blabbering about that. Anyway, Caleb, what have we got on the agenda for today?
0: Well, as per the usage, hoits heresy is always in order. Uh,
3: so, uh, Andrew, if we could like add some applause right there, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please put like the like the Seinfeld, uh, the bass um, interlude <laughs>
4: after
2: you
0: Kansas.
3: send me the? Audio. It's time for hoits heresy. And oh. you, uh, we do need an intro for that segment, don't we? we do. Yeah.
2: There's my phone way down in here
0: congratulations Andrew lost his phone in the couch it ate it I had some good heresies prepared but uh, the lack of cell signal at the studio Mm. aka El Cabino is hindering that and that is Um, German
3: for cabin
0: (laughs) so Trevor say something funny because the folks have missed you yeah so say something funny while I pull up a good heresy
1: uh, is that all I am to you just comedic relief basically yeah essentially
2: My phone is laying on its face underneath your couch, and there's no, like, my hand will not fit under the front of this couch.
3: We can pick it up in a minute. Anyways. um, You know what? No, we're raw here at the Priority One Podcast. Guys, there will be a short break from my voice, but Trevor was talking anyway, and I'm being rude. Go ahead, Trevor.
1: Yeah, that's a common theme, though, that has happened You do like to get interrupted, don't you? I do. It's because I'm not important, but it's Okay.
0: You've gotten better about being more assertive with your uh, you know, the things you have to say over the year. I've noticed it. Didn't want to say anything because it's convenient to interrupt you sometimes, but you know. I also like to see how often you'll just like let us walk all over you before you actually say something. But, you know,
1: usually I'm the I'm the short man out. Uh fortunately with the Priority 1 band, I'm not the short man out. That belongs to Caleb. Trevor so.
0: literally has like an eighth of an inch on me. They're struggling with this couch and cell phone. My phone is gone. <laughs> and we have thinner fingers
3: than you, and there's like this much of space to reach
0: You have thinner fingers than me, then why are you even talking to me about doing that? Because I have fat fingers. Because so I'm. So the uh, There's like, a,
2: there's like a cloth staple
0: at the bottom. Oh it's man, this is, so is very entertaining. So it's in there. Okay, it's well, in there. Excuse so me. we're going to have to deconstruct the couch. This is happening. We like this is going to be on the podcast. Yeah, we're we are raw on the prior One podcast. So, Trevor, how have you been? You haven't been on the podcast in a minute, bro.
1: I have been. Um, well, I, I was going to use the word like vibing, but that's probably quite the opposite. Um, <laughs> been quite busy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are still struggling. <laughs> Trevor's phone I mean uh, not Andrew's phone. <laughs> I did it again. Andrew's I don't do it on purpose, I promise Um Andrew's phone is literally in the depths of the couch. I can feel it. It's in the recesses of the crevices of the couch. You can do it. I believe in you. Go back to my play by play days when I was doing the radio show. And Andrew Einstein and has gotten a whole wrist deep into the couch and he's removed it in order to use his left oh, hand. The Apple watch he's is coming remo- off. He moved. The Apple watch is coming off. He, t- he removed his Apple watch from his left hand. He is going two hands in to gain possession of this cell phone. He's grunting into the window, looking at himself in the reflection for inspiration. He's not giving himself much to work with, but he is very focused. He's very determined. I'm proud to be his band leader. I am proud to see the effort that he is putting in, knowing that he, put, he got and it. the phone has and been recovered. It. And he got it. In a phenomenal display of determination and commitment, he has recovered his cell phone from the depths of the couch cushions. I don't, I, I, folks, this is a comeback of ages. Come, come back for the ages. Like, uh, you I'm, messed it up. That sounded pretty bad. It's been a minute. I'm a little rusty. Yeah, You sound like me now. But... For those of you who don't know, um, I worked for a radio station for a couple of years. That <laughs> <It> is a dangerous <laughs> couch. I did uh, football and baseball play-by-play. and going to take my wallet out of my pocket before it
2: falls out.
3: <laughs> Good job. Andrew, we're proud of you.
0: Yes. Well, you. Trevor. Just don't speak for me. Please. Glad to have you back. That's all I was going to say. Glad to have you back. Yay, Trevor! And I have Twitter is so being the
1: dominant. So much will not crap. Live. Somehow, my fingernails from at the time now. where literally everybody was busy except for me. I said maybe twenty words.
0: Congratulations! Thank you. It's better than the second podcast where you said almost nothing. But the uh, the heretic of the day. Wait. Um, ooh, what? I, you're, you're showing me something. Um, oh, should, should we do this one instead? Unless you have one pulled up, I do have one pulled up. We can do this one for the next episode. Do. Yeah. Okay. Um, scratch that. Nothing just happened. Nothing just happened. Spoiler uh, Andrew's alert! Andrew's definitely not gonna. Um, we don't record these episodes in bulk. What? No. Yeah, oh, yeah what, we no? do. Uh, shh. For raw. All right. Uh. So, Apostle John Eckhart. He's been a. Uh, I don't think we've done this one.
3: We've done one of them.
0: We've done one from him. But I don't think it was this one. This one's just weird. Okay. Let me hear it. Okay. It's a thread. When God sends... I'm going to read it exactly as it's typed. Okay. Bad grammar and all. Okay. When God send you a destiny helper, God will put you, the letter you in a situation where others will do the work and you will get the benefit. There could be sudden changes, exclamation point. Doors open, opportunities come, favors come. People you thought didn't notice you or even like you will begin to show you favors. God will then begin to connect you from one destiny helpers to another. They will begin to troop in asking you if there is anything where they could offer a help even for free. They shall be your portion in Jesus' name.
3: Okay, I'm just going to make one more final comment on this. All of these are going to be centered around the person And it's going to be very self-centered i'm going to say that once for all for all of these cuz essentially that's what we always come See, back to so one
0: of these days i'm going to actually throw in like a biblical quote yeah. and you're going to have to say yes <laughs> <laughs> but that's but, uh, no that's not as so much fun though
3: yeah no um i just uh, lazy lazy comes to mind
0: you know there there are quality heretics that actually use proper grammar yeah you know, i'm not even talking about the grammar which was like what he's Paula- talking about there <laughs> Wait. Uh, uses decent grammar sometimes. cool whip. The big thing to me is, um, like everything's gonna work out for him,
3: and he doesn't yeah, have to do anything. Just gonna others will happen. do the
0: work, and you will get the benefit. Like what? What? What the heck?
3: No, no. Paul, Paul talks about that next twenty nine.
0: Mm. John talked about in uh, John twenty two yeah. and First uh, John chapter six. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. Me being the beneficiary of others' efforts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moral right standing that in that. That was uh,
3: Hezekiah nine, two. I love Hezekiah so much. Hezekiah is a great book. Such a good book. If it existed.
0: <laughs> um,
3: yeah, just lazy. I mean, just, that's, that's...
0: We were created for work. We weren't created to be bystanders. Yeah, like of, the, the reason for and the to Sabbath... Get, and to be the beneficiary of someone else's work. Yeah, the reason for the Sabbath being clarified was not because like, there was a particular day out of the week... And there's someone that's going to be like an Old Testament biblical scholar who's going to call me an idiot for probably plenty of deserving reasons. Yeah, because they
3: listen to our podcast.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> but like there had to be a day, like there had to be a day set aside to rest or people would not have rested. Exactly. Um, so anyway, just like uh, self centered. I want fame and fortune and I want to not have to work for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just frustrating to see this because this guy has. He doesn't have a big following, but like he gets, I'm probably most of his interactions on Twitter. (laughs) Um, But like there, there's a ton of guys like this on Twitter that I I haven't even found yet, man. And like it's it's cool to know that like I'm I have the I've been put in the spot where I can like call them out while their platform's small. Mm -hmm. But with these kind of guys, like word travels fast, and clout is easy to find. So. Yeah, you know, like like it, it, it's frustrating. Like I already said, but 100%. then, and yeah, again, I've said this before,
3: there. but it's uh, it's the most frustrating part is like
0: these people know what they're doing. Oh, this is, this is absolute pure deception. Yeah. They're like, I'm the spoiler alert. This podcast is in by and large going to be about uh Hillsong. Mm hmm. And like a little bit about Bethlehem there, too, more than likely. But they're, they're, I, I'm, I'm not above granting that there probably are genuine Christians in those churches that are just misled. But this is not that.
1: Mm-mm.
0: This is not that. And it's, they're, they're going to face a higher judgment. They're going to face a higher degree of judgment um, because. In our reality they're teachers and they are slandering the gospel.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um and Joss, Joss thoughts, anything thoughts
0: yeah. no. Retweet. Retweet my tweet or his tweet? Retweet. Definitely not his tweet. Okay. Retweet the comment on his tweet. Okay.
2: It's like the second time Trevor's messed up
0: retweeting someone on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor just go stay over Twitter, bro. <laughs> Leave that to the Wolf Hunter account. Um yeah
3: for sure so uh today we will be discussing if y'all have kept if y'all keep up with any type of christian news we are going to be discussing the hillsong church exposed documentary so
0: so i've watched the first episode and that's it yeah if go ahead and explain to us what you've understood from it so so far I'm cute buck 50. I didn't really learn anything in the podcast just because that you didn't already know that I didn't already know. Like i Mm -hmm. I, if you, if you're not really plugged into a lot of like, um, Christianese culture and whatever, then a lot of this stuff would probably be new to you. And, uh, you'd appreciate watching the first episode, but basically like, uh, The Hillsong Church. It wasn't originally called Hillsong. It's called something else, but it It was.
3: was, So Frank Houston started it, and it was Assembly of God Church in Australia. Yeah, which they're they're, hypercharismatics like like Pentecostals. Exactly, and I think it was just. I think it was literally called like Church on a Hill or Hill Church or something like that. Yeah, it had Hill in the name. I know. And then
0: Frank put. I almost called him Joel. Joel is his son.
3: Joel's uh, Brian's
0: son Joel's Brian's son um, mm-hmm. Joel, uh, Frank put Brian in charge of a church plant
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, and Brian built his church up and everything and then founded the Hillsong Band and the band drastically outgrew the church so they, they, they renamed the church after the band
3: mm-hmm. so the the music is kind of like the selling point in all these churches yeah. as well Yeah, um, that's what they've really branded
0: Everything. So um, Hillsong blows up and everything and then they start talking a little bit in the first episode they start talking about Carl Lentz uh, yeah, muscular, that, attractive, charismatic guy and everything. Yeah, so okay. Um, and then they they, they do go ahead and make the point that whenever like Carl Lentz takes the takes the they didn't say pulpit but like takes the stage because that's really what it is the stage. It is. Um, they do church in a The bar. platform. They do church and bar. Uh-huh. Well, it's like a club. It's a club. It's not necessarily a bar. Yeah, but it's it's more of a uh, it's more of a uh, not not lifestyle thing. More of a uh, self help thing, mm-hmm. motivational speaker kind of thing, which 100%. is cool for if if you don't want to deal with your sin. Really cool if you don't want to deal with your sin. So that's the gist of the first episode. Now, I feel really like cool I, I feel if you like, don't
3: understand that you are a sinner.
0: Yeah. And Hoyer, he's, I mean, I guess kind of spoiler alert, but like, go ahead and watch the things. They're going to talk about them more in depth than we ever could. We're just kind of got to give you our thoughts on the situation at large. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of go ahead, so, so I've watched the whole documentary. and It's a six part. Six yeah.
3: part. It's three hours long, roughly, give or take a few minutes. Um. So I'll just kind of get give y'all an overview. So, as we talked about, wow, nice. That was cool. Um, Caleb dropped his phone. <clears throat> so, Frank Houston starts this church in Australia um, and in the 50s, late 50s, early 60s, I believe. And he uh, has a son, Brian Houston, who we understand takes over Hillsong, begins these church plants, goes over to the States and learns about like the prosperity gospel.
2: Well, it was, he was like, well, this is Brian like, Houston at this point. Yeah, Brian yeah. Houston was like put over the smaller church plant. Exactly. And I think what I remember from like the a documentary, whatever you call it, uh, that he wanted the church to grow, mm-hmm. so he went to America to try to learn how to do that, where he saw prosperity gospel teachers right, yeah. and had this revelation of wait we can just ask them for money like (laughs) this we can use money as like or like beg them for money and like Uh this use all these motives to give them to give and he came back and had this grand vision of getting his congregation to do that and that's when like the explosive growth started and then he formed the hillsong worship band where he went out and got the best of the best musicians right just to drag people in
3: i'm glad you said that. i completely forgot about getting the musicians in and everything
2: yeah yeah because his his goal was to keep the music like modern right which you can definitely see in hillsong like, oh, worship, like they keep their music with whatever era we're in
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah because it was like i remember them talking about that too. today's
0: music sounds like coldplay kinda. exactly
3: yeah. yeah and like in the 90s it was kind of like the um kind of like almost um or like early 2000s kind of like an Atl- atlantis four set sound kind of if you think about it but uh I don't know why Atlanta Sports set came to mind. I guess that I it guess, fits. It, it does fit. That's just, I was just thinking of like who would be a good crossover between the two. Um yeah, so Brian Houston is kind of the mastermind behind this. And I've learned something from this that like it's not blatant prosperity gospel, even though it is like like a Kenneth Copeland or a Joel Osteen, where it's kinda of like yeah. You know.
0: In your face, Prosperity Gospel.
3: Yeah. He takes the Bible and
2: twists it in very yeah. evil, serious ways. He uses the Bible more than most other prosperity gospel mm-hmm. teachers, but like his sermons a lot of time focus around like growth and through growth you must give. And he right. uses that as
0: well in like uh, the American version almost verbatim is like Bill Johnson with Bethel did the exact same thing, founded the Jesus culture band. Mm -hmm. And like Jesus culture is Hillsong United where Hillsong worship is Bethel worship. Like it's the exact same model, the exact same growth plan. Definitely. And, uh, like if you, if you listen to like, if you, if you, aside from a lot of their wacky stuff that Bethel has going on, like if you, if you were
3: charismatics,
0: yeah. If you were just like to look at, listen to like a Bill Johnson sermon, like it wouldn't sound um, and unless you're, uh, unless you're like seriously listening to what he's saying, and you're seriously like considering what he's saying, like it wouldn't sound out of the ordinary from like a, yeah, traditionally mm. evangelical sermon. It's if not you say screaming something
2: at you to give you money,
0: yeah. yeah,
3: if you say something with enough confidence, um, and you sound you know wise enough and spiritual enough, you can make something sound truthful. Yeah. Um, but just uh, we've harped on this before, but something. Uh, That Bill Johnson does teach is that he claims that Jesus himself had to be born again, Mm -hmm. which makes Jesus sinful, which doesn't make him God incarnate, which makes him the whole spotless lamb thing
2: doesn't (laughs) make a lot of sense if the lamb had spots. Exactly,
3: yeah. But I mean,
2: the only real
3: heretical thing that's laid out in the Bible is denying that Jesus is the son, Mm. Um, which Which opens a lot of doors, yeah. Yeah, uh, (laughs) Like, I mean. That I
2: mean, wait, that blatantly wait, saying Jesus you mean had to be that God had to save Jesus from his sins so that Jesus could die for our sins. Literally, the theology they teach. Literally, literally, like that's spot on. Sounds great. Yeah.
3: So,
0: so yeah. basically, you can be just like Jesus. Yeah. Which is the point.
3: Which is their selling point. Like, so they can do all the charismatic, uh, supernatural heal- healings and prop prophetic words and things like that, and. It just has zero to do with God's word. Yeah. Zero. But um,
0: back to song.
3: Back to song. So um, they start the church plants and everything. And um, Carl Lance um, is a uh, uh, student pastor at this Wave Church in, is that in Florida? Wave Church? No, no, I, no it's, it's up around Virginia.
0: I, well, he's from he, Virginia. Yeah,
3: yeah, it is. It, it's, it's around Virginia where he's from. And um, Brian Houston has kind of kept his eye on this guy, um, super charismatic, super, you know, like good-looking dude, easily approachable, very energetic on stage, stuff like that. And so he makes him the pastor of Hillsong, New York in 2010, I think. Somewhere, Somewhere around, around there. there. Somewhere around there, yeah. Hey jinx um and we see a few people they have people throughout this documentary who've experienced hillsong or have experienced carl Lentz, um and there were a few girls who were in his who were a few years younger or went to school with him and then ended up going to that church and being under his ministry and talked about how manipulative he was and how legalistic he was and it's kind of funny you don't expect legalism from a big church like that Mm -hmm. that promotes such oh we don't want to judge people yeah um but this one girl you how
0: service level it is
3: yeah exactly this one girl kind of shared her uh testimony and her experience with Carl and the big thing that with Carl Lentz um is um sexual relationships um so This girl and her boyfriend kind of go down after a service and they're praying and asking for forgiveness because they had sex outside of marriage. And I mean, they they truly repented that they weren't going to do it again. Um, And so they kind of get taken over to the side room with them two. I think one other person and Carl. And they explained to them what happened. And long story short, he just beat them down because of it. You're not supposed to do this. Um, And they left the church that day broken up. Um, So just things like that, very manipulative while he's living this other lifestyle outside that we come to find out that, I mean, I think it would be stupid of us to not assume that this one girl who came out last year and they found the text between him and this girl on his laptop last year, which is why he got fired from Hillsong, New York. Um, I think it would be immature of us not to assume that that didn't happen at this church. Um, or maybe not to the extent that it happened with this woman, but some manipu- some sexual abuse or manipulation happened there as well. Um, yeah, so like for me, I used to listen to Carl Lentz a lot. He wasn't like the main guy. He was actually probably the first guy I stopped listening to because um, I realized he's really just a motivational speaker, like a true through and through TED Talk guy because um, he really wasn't using the Bible that much. He would read like maybe two verses before the thing started, then he would just talk through, through the rest of his sermon. And it's more for, I guess, people a few years older than us. Like He's kind of the guy that catered to like our audience. Um, he's cool. He's hip. He wears nice clothes. Got the cool, nice cut beard, the hipster glasses, everything that was attractive about our culture. Um, and he embodied that. And but, unfortunately, put Jesus on the back end. I was like, oh yeah, we're a Christian, we're a Christian
2: thing. And Did you excuse pipe you. down.
0: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Go yes, ahead. Dang it, Caleb
2: anyway it opens a video expects it to not make noise <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway so carl Lentz... uh this will be explained at the end of the podcast go ahead
3: yeah and, and all the everything they talked with him about in in the documentary just unbiasedly painted him as the Bible paints a wolf in sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. 100%. Like he gives off this big, charismatic, fun, energetic persona. Then underneath it all, he is extremely, extremely evil. Justin Bieber's pastor. Um, like the more I watch people laugh about what kind of clothes they're wearing and everything, they're kind of laughing like these idiots. Like we're getting their money and buying all these. Like, he was literally wearing a Louis Vuitton Supreme hoodie uh, in an interview with Justin Bieber one time, talking about how much they love sweaters. I don't know even know if Jesus was brought up once in the interview, and that just kind of shows
0: Some might what Hillsong stands for. Some might
3: think that's a priority, Caleb. Some might think that.
0: You at the priority on podcast, it sure is. Mm-hmm.
3: But um, so kind of getting away from the Carl Lent stuff, we we understand that straight up wolf, that guy. Um, so we talked about uh, uh, he cheated on his wife last year. Um, that relationship went on for five months. Let's talk about that that woman for a minute. So, she actually agreed to be interviewed for the the documentary, and she showed uh, like some of the videos he would send her. Because if he texted her or called her, she wouldn't answer. She wouldn't respond. But if he made a video showing like the emotion he would talk, it would manipulate her, and she would respond, and they would meet up. Um, so that just that goes to show even more how intentional he is to get what he well, wants.
0: And to me, that sounds a lot like what happened with Robbie Zacharias.
3: 100%.
0: So it, it was a little bit before this time last year. That all that stuff really came to light when uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries released their 14-page report, which I read and cried my way through, because I was a Ravi junkie. Um, and then, like in the report, one of the girls that he abused um, said that he, he told her on more than one occasion that she was his reward for a life lived in service for God. Yeah. Like the the degree of manipulation and the degree of the, the sheer lack of reverence for what you're supposed to be talking about and um use, the reality is like you're using your position um solely for earthly gain and like I understand that I can't judge someone's heart but in my mind with Robbie mm-hmm. I. With Robbie, like that person is cannot be a Christian. Like can't be if you if you can say that you're not a Christian. Yeah, that's just the way it is.
3: Um, I don't see how people. I I really encourage all all of you to watch the documentary too that we're talking about. You will not want to listen to another Hillsong song again, and I will tell you just the sole purpose of why here. So we talk about sexual abuse and um that there was an, uh, a testimony of this one girl who went to Hillsong Boston I think and this dude was a uh, worship leader he led a Bible study and everything and he had like some of the college students that were going to the Hillsong College which is another thing, uh, another thing we should get into after this I um, had them over for dinner at his house one night he and his wife were there and everybody was having like a glass of wine I mean it was all people like who graduated either from like community college. Uh, Four year college, or and they were going into ministry with Hillsong. And this girl um, was sitting at the table when this dude, I forget his name, um, the worship leader, Guy for Hillsong, Boston, I think, I can't remember, but he was just pounding glass after glass of wine and beer, whatever they were drinking, and just belligerently drunk. And Night goes on, um, they're eating dinner, fellowshipping stuff like that, and a friend that's sitting beside her gets up, and everybody's kind of like moving into the living room. Not everybody, but a few people were just coming to have like a another conversation. Some people were staying at the table, and he moves in beside her, and like starts rubbing her leg, and they get up to go and. As she gets up, he gropes her, and she filed a complaint. It's, I think like a year or two later, it kind of just kind of get, it gets kind of pushed under the rug. Yeah, but once it did come to light with like police and everything, Hillsong releases a statement. Um, mentions nothing about the girl. Um, kind of victim shames her, and but says we're doing this for the uh worship leader at our church. Um, to kind of revive his name, um, kind of get him out of the muck there. Uh, so that, that kind of shows what Hillsong stands for. Um, they want to protect the brand. They want to protect their name and not actually shepherd and care for their people. That's just one of a bunch of things. But, uh, from a modern perspective of a person who sings Hillsong music, um, but going well, back to the, the, the
0: let's let's keep it a buck fifty. Like there we, we've talked about the at nauseum, but like there are some Hillsong songs that we play and will continue to play. Like Remembrance I will not be. Oh, okay. I haven't watched the rest of the documentary, so You should.
3: Um Frank Houston, uh, who started the whole thing. Um Allegations came out in nineteen ninety nine about him in a board meeting with Brian Houston uh, that Brian Houston did not know before. And until 2015, they kind of kept it under wraps. It was a private board meeting, but they kept record of everything that was said there. Um, in the 60s and 70s, Frank Houston um, was a pedophile. He – I mean, nothing more needs to be said about that. But uh, – This is why I'm not, I don't want to. And I understand that he doesn't really have much to do with Hillsong. That's more Brian Houston's thing. But Brian Houston protecting that and not shepherding and caring for a victim of someone who was a member of the Hillsong Church at one point. And they didn't really exercise church discipline on his dad either. About two years later, after all this came out, uh, he was preaching again in another Assembly of God church. Even after people knew this about him. Select a few people, not like nationally known, but uh, I can't support a church that does that. Yeah. Even if their music might be in
2: some way theologically correct. Well, even if it's like the worship leaders who wrote that music, wrote it soundly, the fact that it's under Hillsong every time we play a Hillsong song at the BSU, Hillsong gets money. Mm Mm-hmm. So, by playing their music in your church, you are supporting Hillsong.
3: 100%. Every time you listen to Hillsong on your Spotify or your Apple Music, you are supporting that. And I'm sorry if it's hurting your feelings, but <laughs> uh, this is what you're. I'm not going to say supporting, but well, in you, a way,
2: you are supporting it. You that. are supporting it if you listen to it, if you play it in your church. Like, not everyone who listens knows this, but your church pays for a CCLI license for every song. Mm-hmm. And you report at the end of the year how many times you've played each song and sung each song in your church. And they take those numbers and divide up the money and give it to the people who own the songs.
3: Yep. Heavy stuff there at Hillsong. Heavy Heavy stuff. And um, so the thing, the whole thing with the brand of Hillsong now, um, they have a ton of locations all across the world. And with each of those locations, they own property around where their church is. I think there's one in Arizona in Phoenix where they own like 30 properties. And a little thing about them is everything. There's a guy on the documentary that does like financial background checks on churches everything on your hill songs and llc everything limited liability corporation so nothing's a nonprofit so everything including those properties that they rent out to people they're getting ton of money a ton of money back um not just through the ties not just through the songs not just through the merchandise not just through um all this other stuff but
0: When your church is a corporation, that might be a little bit of a red flag.
2: Just a little bit. But people
3: get the good feels because um, Daddy God's reckless love heals their (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: boo-boos. I'm sorry. Is Duke about to come back and win this game? I hope not.
2: Oh, wow. It's been bouncing back and forth. Hey,
0: we've been doing a remarkable (laughs) job of paying attention to this game and doing a pretty good podcast if so I say so myself.
2: Yeah. Well, except every time you go over to look at the game, like your voice gets a lot quieter because you move oh, your
4: mouth away from the mic. It yeah.
0: Might. It doesn't work for Trevor. It doesn't work. Trevor has a mounted microphone.
3: Yeah. So this is one thing, uh, this is part of Brian's H- H- Brian Houston's um, vision for Hillsong and Bethel's as well with Bill Johnson is that th- they think that in order to bring heaven on earth, which is a very popular thing to say in these big churches. feel Even like
2: Bethel had an album called Heaven on Earth.
3: Probably so. And this is what it is. Sorry. What is it? Um, so, there, it's the seven spheres of life. If they think they can uh, yes. control these seven spheres of life, then... They you, you will may have heard it's the in, seven
0: mountains or the seven pillars as well. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same ideology.
3: So that they believe if you if they can control these, is that they can usher in the uh, return of Jesus and usher in the new heavens and the new earth. So it's the social, personal, health, education, relational employment, and spiritual development.
0: And they don't actually believe this. They they just want control over all of these domains of life.
3: Exactly. And this is the same with Bethel, I believe. Same with elevation. And unfortunately, passion is getting into this stuff. I do believe that. And it's all to promote your best self, which is derived from the Joel Osteen kind of theology, like your best life now. So, um, God... The Bible never talks to, to us about controlling these things. Um, yeah, no. Like Like uh, social, like government. Uh, uh, Hillsong is heavily connected with governments. Uh, they're connected. Um, there was something. I can't remember what it was. About Brian Houston. What was it something with the Australian Parliament? Yeah, yeah. yeah something like
1: that in 2010. I have not actually watched the documentary, but I did go on Twitter which I sometimes know how to use and was looking up just some of the things just some of the commentaries that people were saying about it um, and there was there was a big piece like maybe in 2010 something about the
3: Australian Parliament they they helped Brian Houston cover something up yes um I forget what it was though but it was big deal I mean I remember watching that part of the documentary and my jaw hit the floor I was like I mean this dude I mean, this is religious mafia here, you know, <laughs> like quite literally. In the most literal sense. In the most literal sense. So, yeah. Um, I I knew some of these things, like Caleb talked about going into this documentary, but I did not understand how deep it went and how actually evil and deceitful churches like Hillsong and Bethel and Elevation are. Um. Baffles me still and makes me so thankful for God's grace for pulling me out of listening to those types of guys, too. Um, I never listened to Bill Johnson or Brian Houston much, but I was a huge Furtick fan mm-hmm. and uh Mike Todd, too. Um, they're all these kind of young Rich rich Wilkerson Jr., yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and all these kind of guys are following in these guys' footsteps. That's why I talked about the chain. With um Bethel turning into hill song, elevation turning into Bethel, passion turning into elevation, and it's just kind of like a snake kind of going now like uh there's a chain happening with these mm-hmm. big churches um and it's unfortunate, but I'm glad I do not listen to those people anymore and understand that that's not what the Bible's about,
0: yeah. Andrew, Trevor, y'all's thoughts.
2: Uh, so I haven't I haven't watched all of the documentary yet, but uh, same thing with the situation with Robbie last year. Just how like heartbroken I was to see mm-hmm. like the obvious, like especially during the documentary, like the part that hit me the hardest was like him coming to America and getting exposed to this, and then. I guess him just not being firm enough to to really evaluate what he saw in America and think, oh this mm. isn't the true gospel, but accepting that and just how heartbroken like it what would Hillsong have been if he wasn't influenced by teachers like that or right and then what if because no pastor, no teacher is perfect. We're human, we can't be. But the way like you deal with your imperfections, I feel, is what makes you a good teacher. One hundred percent. And if you're more willing to, you know, admit your sins and find ways to deal with them, and even if you know you have to make your sin public, and even if that means you know stepping down from a position of authority because of what you've done, be willing to do that as a leader. That's what makes you a good leader. One hundred percent. Yeah,
0: but the deal with Ravi and Brian is not so much that they failed to you know see the true gospel or they failed to um, you know see where they went wrong it, it they were they were intentionally deceptive the entire way yeah and you can't tell me that Ravi Zacharias was never presented with a clear untainted gospel you can't tell me that Brian Houston was Brian never presented. Houston. I mean he came over here
3: looking for ways outside the Bible to grow the church yeah yeah you know, dang man, it's hold this, on to your
2: phone. It's like as soon as Brian made his goal of what he wanted his church to be, exactly. Because you read his his statement mm-hmm. that was in like the documentary. Nineteen 19- speaking, yeah, in in the 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. In the nineties about what he wanted his church to be as easily le- and taking his it. vision for what, his instead church instead of saying, you know, what should God's church look like and how has He blessed me to lead this church? No, it was. Mm. How are we going to grow as our church? Exactly.
3: And I don't know if y'all caught this earlier, but when I said in 1999, when the uh, stuff came to his attention about his father, um, he met with his board. He did not meet with his deacons or elders. He met with his board, meaning he is the president of Hillsong. Yeah, He's the CEO, which that's what it is. And that was in the documentary as well, about (laughs) about
2: how much you look at Hillsong and it's a business model like they host conferences they do all this stuff and the one thing which I've like heard a little bit of before was when you go there on a Sunday and you hear all these new worship songs it's them just sitting there they're testing out what sounds good and if the audience response is good that's what they put on their next album so they can make the most money so that they can continue to profit
0: Mm-hmm. Which well, just I want I want I want to look at the data, like how many songs get written that just never get put on albums because oh, their yeah. their newest albums really not very good at all. Not really. But there's not a good song on the album. Another reason they're like Coldplay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Coldplay. <laughs> like I, I'm a uh, early to mid 2000s Coldplay stan. New Coldplay sucks. <laughs> anyway.
3: Oh, another thing we missed. So they have Hillsong College, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and their whole model for their college is unpaid labor. Um, students, several students that went to Hillsong College were on the documentary and talked about how many hours a week they were at the church. Um, one dude was doing like the audio for Hillsong New York. One girl was like, "I mean, they, they, they do all the wacky kind of worship, you know." Like one girl was studying dance. The interpretive dance there. And, excuse me, that's neither here nor there, but uh, I, think, I think dancing well, in church kind of brings attention to yourself.
0: But, but going back to I the mean, whole Hillsong College thing, <laughs> it's easy to kind of pull that on people just because so much of ministry is... It does does revolve around you know people that people in the church being servant hearted and willing to mm-hmm. do like unpaid yeah. labor it's like Andrew how much how much um, sound do you run for no money I run a lot of sound for no money but it's out of love and service for Christ yes because and I you love trust doing that it. you're not being manipulated into doing it as well yeah, I was being, just assaulted I'm by sorry. a water bottle i yeah sorry.
2: I I solely do it because it's like what y- you're all about in leading worship is creating an environment uh, that with no distractions, no focus on any one person, but make it pleasing to the Lord. It's, it's really also, easy not
0: being focused from the sound booth. Yeah. It
2: is also a dire need
1: yes. that not a lot of people can fill.
2: Oh, by the way, um, Student Life needs audio engineers. See, but I already got hired over the summer. Oh, dang. That's right. Dang. Yep. So I'm working uh, Camp Cross Student Life this
3: summer. Uh, I'm on the green team. I'll be a rec squad leader. And uh, going to a lot of cool places. I'll be going to like North Carolina, South Carolina, Lakeland, Florida. I'm going to Pennsylvania one time. Too. Are you going to East and West Carolina? East and West Carolina, yeah.
0: <laughs> I wonder. Okay, so there's a town called West Mississippi. I wonder if there's a West like North or South Carolina, or an East North or South Carolina. East North Carolina, like East Carolina University, East Carolina, and North. North Carolina,
2: but East Carolina, North Carolina, Carolina East North. We're we're trailing off. So uh, Hillsong
3: College, um, these I think the one the audio dude uh, for Hillsong New York said he was working over fifty hours a week, um, and not getting paid. That sounds like l- a normal lives, the BSU for me. Lives in New York, a place yeah. with very high yeah. rent and uh, high cost of living. Yeah, high cost, yeah. yeah, cost of living, high rent. What am I talking about? I mean that's the right word, I guess. But. um yeah, and uh, just a bunch of testimonials that will r- really break your heart, um, and make you not want to be associated with any kind of um, superficial megachurch at all. There, I will say there are some megachurches that are really good. Like um, I always use this example, that like the Village. Yeah, Matt oh, Jammer's church. church. Um, it's fantastic, Dallas Fort Worth
2: area. Yeah, but you like look look in the difference of how much more of for production, like Hillsong is. Like if you have, you I know, can't
0: name a single song that the Village Church has ever put out, or oh, a I worship can't. leader that is. They don't put them out, but they, they do. Right, then you know, they,
2: they do do their you know, own music though. I doubt they have. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know, but probably you know fifty. Person lighting crew or something like that for their Sunday morning worship, like Hillsong does, meeting in their stadiums.
3: Oh no! Sometimes I'll I'll watch their live stream of their church, and it's it's no different than than, than
2: EC. Like, there's no like special
3: lighting. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they they might bring the house lights down or something like that, but
2: um, like there's no like lasers or well, like I've watched a tech rundown of Hillsong before. What was was that bizarre. like? Um, and it's something they have like, you know, 30, 40 camera people all wow. with someone sitting beside them to tell them, you know, what to do, you know, five or six people running the switchers to get the cameras working, a bunch of people to do sound. They have, you know, the guys on stage to do stuff during the service. It Man, is. That's a straight up production. It is a straight up a production. I have an. Wait. I, I something to say about
3: him. Elevation after this. Um,
2: forgot what I was going to say. Continue.
3: So, I also watched a, a YouTube video a week or two ago um, about this guy who was once a volunteer at on team at Elevation, and he kind of gave the rundown of
2: just how kind of cultish it was. They have hallways full of offices at Hillsong for all of the different people just to make one Sunday morning service work.
3: Yeah. That's so
2: wild. So uh,
3: this guy kind of uh, volunteer. She's like a welcomer. Um, so Pastor Stephen Furtick studied sociology and psychology, I believe. Could be wrong about that. But by the way, that's what the guy said. So smart individual. Um, he has broken down how Sundays need to go and has delayed this all throughout his church. So it runs the way he wants it to run. Um, From the time you pull into the parking lot and park to the time you sit down is mapped out for you uh, somehow. From the way you walk in the door determines where you're going to sit. They put certain type of diffusers in the air vents and stuff to give a certain type of smell to kind of allure your senses to what's going on um music is a very powerful thing and I think people understand that so with Hillsong Bethel Elevation they understand like touchy feely chord progressions to play in their music to get an emotional response from you um now with Stephen Furtick he's a very hard man to reach obviously he's got a huge church but um there's things like in contracts that you have to do, like you have to raise your hand a certain time in a song. You have to do this during worship when you're not leading. You have to, when when you're leading, you have to do this. Um, when you're on staff, you have to refer to him as Pastor Stephen or Pastor Furtick. Um, when he walks into the room, you have to stand up. A um, lot of weird, weird, weird things. Sounds a
0: little like... Deification, uh, You yeah, to me. Sounds like a cult.
3: Um, that too. <laughs> that too, yeah. Good, okay, great. Yeah, but some, there's a lot of words, words you refer to the I could go on for cult, days so. about this. but
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, I mean, nothing that you haven't said already. Yeah. I mean, I hate that. This is one of my
3: more favorite topics to discuss yeah. outside of Christianity, like the false Christianity. It, cause it's so popular, and I wish people weren't following it.
0: Um, yeah, you know, I hate that this is this way. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, you know, it's it's easy to look over. So some some wolves are better dressed like sheep than others.
4: Mm. Uh,
0: Apostle John Eckhart looks really tacky in a sheep costume. <laughs> uh, it's like Brian you know. Houston had his tailor-made very nicely. Yes. But, you know, it, it's, we're, we're promised that there's going to always going to be people like this in scripture. Um, I, I do think it is to, it, it is important. You know, like if you, if you do listen to these guys, like, please stop. <laughs> uh, we're going to like, go in a circle and name off a bunch of like, great biblical preachers here in a second uh, that you should listen to instead. Mm. Um, I'll start. Uh, Matt Chandler, uh, John MacArthur. I was going to say him next. Dang it. Trevor. We'll keep on the Johns. He's going to say John Piper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not Andrew having to think of a pastor. I can't remember his last. Say his first name.
2: It was it was the dude who spoke at Cross Conference, and I'm going to his secret church event. David, on, David, Platt. David Platt. David Platt. That's what I was going to go. tell
0: you to say. Um, I'm going to go Paul Washer. I'm gonna go with Steve Lawson. I knew you're gonna go there.
1: Uh, have we confirmed whether the guy that spoke at the BSU spring conference does he
0: have Paul Paul Worcestershire Worcestershire? Worcestershire? Worcestershire. Does he have anything Paul posted? Worcester? I don't know. Um, I would imagine he's as much as he speaks at stuff. I would imagine he has some videos out there. But Paul Worcesters is a uh, he's I guess you call him an evangelist um, would be the best way to describe him. Uh, but he, he's out in California, he's an actual missionary. But um, I'm sure he's got some stuff out there. Paul Worcester. Huh. Spelled like Worcester.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Andrew. Max Stiles. Vodie Bockham. Ah. I was going to say Vodie. Um, Justin Peters. Justin Peters is another good one. Um, Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg, yes. Man, I love Alistair Begg. He's awesome. But the idea is like, there's, there's a ton of great guys you can listen yeah. to. And a lot of these guys pastor. Or love bro. Yeah. A lot of. Oh, yeah. Big I
3: mean, time. He passed away, unfortunately, in
0: 2017. But I mean, all of his stuff is out there on audio. Yeah. Ligonair Ministries. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but, like, pretty much all these guys pastor what could be objectively called megachurches. Mm-hmm. So it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with the size of the church being large, being massive. It's we've discussed. Oh, guy, before. uh, great glory. For, mm. And like, JD I, I, Greer, JD Greer. Yeah. JD Greer's great. He's and JD Greer's is one of those guys. Like a lot of his stuff is the same thing over and over again. He doesn't do a whole lot of publicized stuff, but, um, a lot of his stuff is great. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, anyway, what were you saying? Andrew, Oh, I was
2: talking to Caleb about like oh. we've discussed the mega thing oh, yeah. on a past episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, no, we've actually haven't because that episode was going to be released in the summer. Wait, really? Yeah. Maybe that. Oh, huh? what are you talking about? We the episode that we recorded. <laughs> what episode? about Megaturch. What episode? We haven't recorded an episode on mega yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, we have coming whole, to
2: you this summer. Um, Maybe an like hour four. and a half
0: long episode where we talk about mainly passion mm-hmm. but um but yeah anyway like there's nothing inherently wrong with the size of a church it and matt chandler said it best when he said the pulpit drives the church mm-hmm. and uh everything comes downstream from the pulpit so 100%. uh all the guys we have listed are great there's countless hours of content out there from them yeah and all that will be edifying and everything um for you. So and then
2: like things to look for cuz we obviously didn't list every biblical leader, but like yeah, look and compare what they talk about to the scripture obviously. And then look to see if they how much scripture they use when they're talking cuz if it's like you were talking about the pastor earlier, he like maybe mentions two verses at the beginning of the sermon and then just talks about numerous other things just goes the down summer, a rabbit hole and doesn't refer back to the scripture the scripture is you know what they are there to teach from exactly and if they aren't teaching from the scripture and this not is a good I teacher lo-
3: yeah this is what I love about John MacArthur too I watched a message on him the other day he preached out of one and a half verses obviously he pulled pulled from other yeah. books of the Bible but I think it was like in
2: like, I think it was at Romans. If yeah, my pastor yeah. back home in Florida has taken the first verse out of one of Paul's letters and took numerous other verses from the Bible to lay out the timeline, the situation, and to really just set the ground for the rest of the book, which he went into in mm-hmm. the coming weeks. Yeah. I, it's
3: it's insane to hear what's um, a good expositor. And when I mean expositor, like. A, taking it verse by verse by verse and breaking it down in that order, but then expounding on it and taking the meaning out of it rather than reading yourself into the scripture, which is what a lot of like what Carl Lentz did. He read himself in and through the verses rather than taking, hey, what does the author mean here? What is God? How is God meant to be gloried here? And how does it apply to us? You
2: know? You will also learn that. Scripture supports other scripture.
3: It does. Yeah, well. it
2: does. And like, could you look at any sermon from any teacher, and could you, you know, take a step back and, like, looking at it, would could you see it as a motivational speech like we talked about, yeah, or exactly. could you? Is there? A good sermon would be you can look at any little bitty clip from it, and there would be no way that you could tell that that's not a sermon.
0: Well, and that's that's and what I was about to say, is can, if you listen to the entire thing, and you ask the question, okay, does this work without the gospel? Mm-hmm. If you can ask that question, and the answer is yes, then that's a problem. Like, if this message works without um, the intricacies of the gospel being absolutely imperative, then it's not yeah. a biblical message. I mean, if you yeah.
2: took the gospel out of an hour-long sermon, and it became 30 seconds, and probably a good sermon
3: yeah mm-hmm. i was uh i mentioned this the other night um if the theology you understand makes man bigger than he is and makes god smaller than he is in the bible it's probably heretical Yeah. but if it makes man smaller than you think he is and makes god bigger than you think he is um it's probably pretty biblical um another thing that i was gonna say
0: is uh You're the up Forgot it's the CCE. It's the CTE. It's going.
2: On. Uh good grief! It happened to me like five minutes ago,
1: and I still don't remember. Yeah, it happens to Caleb every time he has to remember a name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just you three. Because who's hey our president. president? We're the only other three in here. J- Joe Byron. <laughs> Joe Byron. Byron. No, oh. it's Melania. Just gonna, uh, obviously,
2: is it, I, like as soon as you said that, I instantly just thought, "Gabe Manor <laughs> yeah. he, he is the yeah. BSU president. <laughs>
4: oh man,
2: oh, uh, that's funny. The weather guesser, Gabe, Doctor Mark Keenum. <laughs>
0: um, I didn't see Gabe's tweet this morning about the weather. I'm sure it was there. I just didn't our, see. It.
3: The really cool fun fact: Our BSU president is a weather is man. a weatherman.
0: Yes, yes, a weather person. In. He wakes up at 2 a.m.? Yeah, sorry. he, 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 he got up at 2 a.m. or does he get there at 2 a.m.?
2: He has to be there by, like, he works from, like, 3 to 7.
0: So, he has to get up at, like, 1.30. Good 30. grief. If not before that, ugh. I just, like, wouldn't go to bed at that point.
1: I think that's usually what he does. When,
2: when yeah, we start. were on the, at spring conference, I wanted to yeah. say fall retreat. Yeah. He stayed up, and then he just apparently left and drove to Tupelo from... Well, wherever we and were. I Jackson. remember. I don't want to Madison. say Jackson because that's offensive to Caleb. It was Madison. Madison. That's where it was.
0: You're and not from either of those places. You're from. I Clinton. remember telling you two that if I see him on Saturday morning, as in like he woke up, drove to Tupelo, and then drove back there from Tupelo without having any sleep, I was going to choke him out so that he went to sleep. <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap this one up. Uh, you know, they're, they're obviously, like there's a lot of rabbit holes that we could have chased, but you know, we want to stay consistent. We want to stay on point. Yeah, and well, not not even like off topic rabbit holes. Like a lot of things we could have talked about, but you know, for the sake of time, like how long has this one been going on, Andrew?
2: We've been. I mean, we started recording a bit. I would guess we are solid hour at least we're, yeah, at, we're at 80 hour, minutes on the recording but i, I, I was thinking about
0: like an hour 10 hour five hour 10 yeah um we don't want to get these podcasts longer than that like a lot of the things that we didn't talk about are going to surface up again every other podcast and everything but um yeah, yeah. as always Dude. i am caleb and i'm hoyt Hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. we're going out of order here, guys.
3: This has been another great installment uh-huh. of the Priority One Podcast, and we hope that you will tune in next week. Just keep in mind that these great preachers we've discussed here uh, tonight—if um, you happen to listen to the Hillsong guys, the Bethel guys, the Elevation guys—I'm a Third Passion in there. I'm just going to say it. Uh, let's let's kind of. Let's not. Let's let's weed those guys out. Let's let's throw a MacArthur in there. Let's throw let's throw Chandler in there. Yeah, let's do that. But anyway, as always,
2: I'm Hoyt. I'm Caleb. I'm Andrew. I'm Trevor.
0: You were almost about to switch each other's names. No, they were thinking like,
2: about it. Well, when Trevor's here, he usually goes first. So I was waiting on him. Yeah, to like emotion you reversed the order. Y'all
0: reverse. No, you
2: told me to go, so I went, so we wouldn't have awkward silence. He was telling
0: you to say his name, is what he was doing. No, listen to us next week. We love you. Bye.